Does a narcissist love you? Did they actually have love for you in the relationship? Maybe you've been in the relationship with a narcissist for a month or a year or 10 years. And now you're looking back at it and the pieces are starting to fall together. They're starting to make up the puzzle that's actually spelling narcissism. And you're like, wait a second, like what was actually real? Like, did they love me? Did they care? Because it seemed like it. It seemed like at the beginning, maybe not so much at the end, but it seemed like it. And do they actually love the kids? Maybe you share custody. Maybe you share kids with the narcissist. And you're wondering, like, does this toxic person actually love them? Because I don't understand how it actually is going down. Like what they're saying, what they're doing, like it doesn't make sense in my mind. Like what is actually happening? Was it all for nothing? Like did they actually love me? A lot of times questions like this plus many others are flooding through your head when you start to realize what narcissism is and it starts to add up and you start to be like, whoa, that is something that I connect with because I've seen this in my life. Well, if you've been watching my channel or other channels about narcissism, the goal that I have is to try to help you understand what it actually is and what it looks like. Because a lot of times people don't know what it looks like. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. We do that by providing free content everywhere on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, anything like that. If you don't subscribe to some of those, please like, review, share, and just find it under Raw Motivations. We're trying to help people understand. That's the awareness piece, just to make people aware of what narcissistic abuse actually is and that it's real. A lot of people don't even understand what it is. A lot of people don't even know that they're going through it. They just think they're struggling with communication or it's a bad relationship or this is just how love is supposed to be. And so trying to help people understand what it is is half the battle. And then trying to help them heal, grow, and change is the other half of helping them understand the truth of the situation. And sometimes the truth of the situation is really hard to come by and it's really hard to find. Which is why we're working on developing more and more things to be able to help, whether that's a journal, a book, a course, different things to be able to help you process and understand what's actually going on and to determine and figure out the truth of the situation because the truth is what sets you free. It's one of the things that I focus on when I talk with people all over the globe every single day with one-on-ones and with coaching events and things like that to try to help people understand like this is what's actually going on. Let's figure out the truth so we can break out the trauma bond so we can get through the detox phase of of being addicted to a narcissist and we can build back your self-worth and your self-confidence every single day. If you want to join a community of like-minded people, join the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. It stands for N-A-R-C. Type it in on Apple or the Google Store. Just type it in. It's a regular app. Just type in N-A-R-C, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. As of the time of this recording, there's over 5,000 people that have downloaded and have signed in. 5,000 people, that's a lot of people. But that means there's also a lot more people out there that don't know what narcissism is or that are in these relationships and they don't have clarity. So get a support system. Get in there and start asking advice. Start sharing your stories. Start interacting with different people. Start learning courses. If you don't even know what the DSM-5 is or if you don't know what the nine traits of narcissism are defined by the DSM-5, go in there. I just have a small course there to be able to explain what they are because we're trying to help people understand what it looks like in person. Because hands down, the number one thing we get when we talk to therapists and psychologists is when they say, hey, we've seen this before in in reading through it, in textbooks, in college. Like we've learned about this, but it doesn't look this way in real life. We're trying to bring the boots to the ground, have people understand and provide clarity to the confusion that you're holding on to. 
Anyways, today, one of the things I want to talk to you about is does the narcissist love you? And does the narcissist love your kids? It looks like love at first, right? Like it looks like it's the best thing ever. A lot of times because it's love bombing. It's in the early like grooming stages where they're trying to make you feel like you're the best person ever. Sometimes you're connecting on stuff you've never connected about with anybody else because of the fact that that's all manufactured. It's something that they're putting together. Because a lot of times at the beginning stages and the love bombing stages, the first aspect is I have to assess you. I have to figure out what's going on. Like the narcissist has to try to get a whole well-rounded picture of you so that they can use that to their advantage to manipulate, to control. You'll see this early on in the dating aspect or in the get to know you part of they really want to get to know you, right? They're good listeners. They're someone that's really trying to be in tune with who you are. And all of a sudden you realize down the road that all that stuff that they tried to learn about you is actually them trying to get leverage over you to be able to control and manipulate another person. Because that's the goal. Control. A lot of times the relationship continues, whether that's dating and then all of a sudden you move in or you get engaged or you get married or you have a kid or anything like that. And the relationship starts to wane, like the love that's there starts to disappear. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast. It kind of depends on what they do with their mask. It might be the aspect of they fall out of love. Those nice, warm, fuzzy feelings that keep them engaged for a short period of time, right? Then all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore. Maybe it's because I mentioned the mass slips. Now that I've captured you, now that I've got you, now that you're in my control, who cares if you see the monster inside of me? And a lot of times you'll see the mass slip after those major events. Engaged, moving in together, married, a kid, things like that. You'll start to see those things slip. Maybe the narcissist has put you up on a pedestal, pulled it away. Maybe they've seen a betrayal from you or like something that makes them feel like, oh, this person isn't good anymore, that they're not perfect anymore. Maybe it's the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe they're just so excited for the chase that they've chased you time and time again. Then they push you away. Then they chase you again because it's exciting to be able to like manipulate and control another person like that. And you'll see that love dissipate and fade. Either gradually or just like that. Flip the switch. Maybe you're here today and you're like, no, like mine does love me. Like I know mine loves me because they've loved me for like 10 years. Then all of a sudden because of alcohol or drug use or, or something, like something changed, like an accident. And now they're just completely rude and mean. Well, if it's narcissism, it's been there the whole time. You just haven't seen it. And if it's narcissism, it's not something that gets concocted later in life or all of a sudden develops later in life. It might be revealed, but it's still always been there because it's built in childhood. It's built in upbringing. A lot of times when people say, mine does love me, we start diving into some of the attributes and some of the aspects of it. And you start seeing more of a passive aggressive behavior. You start seeing like the small little comments that belittled and put down the other person that slowly and slightly devalued them. You start seeing how the narcissist actually isolated them very discreetly from everybody else around. They spent 24-7 together and it wasn't in a healthy way. You start to see like the jokes that were made on your behalf, how things were brought down, the belittling, the criticizing, making you feel small in order to teach you a lesson or fix things that you're doing wrong. And people start realizing like, wait a second, there's actually some things there that, that got worse at the end, but were there throughout the whole relationship. 
You see, sometimes people get confused when we talk about love and they think that it's that warm, fuzzy feeling or the, the nice butterflies or the high of it and all. And if we just chase that, then we're always going to be chasing that, just like a drug. But love is an action and it has to be demonstrated. And the thing that doesn't match up when we talk about narcissism, when we talk about narcissists, is they don't demonstrate love on a day-to-day -day basis. They don't demonstrate love consistently. A lot of times people ask me, do you love your wife? Or how can you love her now? Or multiple variations of that. And when I, when I try to talk about it, I tell them, hey, all my actions that I've done in the past were not loving. So therefore, I did not love my wife. I did not show or demonstrate love towards her. So regardless of what I would say in those moments, oh, I love my wife. I was not showing it. So therefore, my actions were incongruent with my actual words. So therefore, that was something that wasn't true. Now, do I have like warm, fuzzy feelings? Yes, sometimes. Do I have them all the time? No, I don't have them all the time. But that's not the point of love. The point of love is taking a choice every single day to put someone else's needs above your own. Is to actually have respect for another person. To actually have honor for another person. To actually treat them loving, caring, kind. And you don't see that in a narcissistic relationship because they don't demonstrate that on a day-to-day -day basis. If there's no demonstration of love in your relationship, there is no love. And people need to understand that. It's not just these warm, fuzzy feelings, and it's not just these words that people say. If your narcissist is not demonstrating love, okay, well, how do you think of that, okay? How is he demonstrating love? How is he demonstrating care? How is he demonstrating kindness? How is she demonstrating respect? How is she demonstrating faithfulness? How is he demonstrating honesty? And the list goes on and on and on. How are they demonstrating these things? If they're not demonstrating it, then it's not happening. What about the kids? Same thing, words over action. A lot of times you'll have a narcissist that won't be home at all for the kids. Or maybe he ducked out when you got pregnant and he hasn't come back. Maybe she hasn't been engaged in parenting. Maybe there's no emotional support from her on a day-to-day -day basis. And you start to wonder, like, wait a second, like, you say that you love the kids, but you're not there. You're not present. You're disengaged. A lot of times what you'll see with a narcissistic parent is you'll see them very commonly disengaged from ages like zero to three. Because at that time, the, the child is not very beneficial to the narcissist. They're not giving them what they want. They're not giving them supply. They're not thinking they're the greatest thing ever. Then a lot of times from 3 to 12, you have the idea where, hey, this kid, I can actually manipulate and control and show them that I'm the Disneyland dad. I'm the perfect mom. All these different types of things. And they sound like the greatest person ever. And then the mask starts slipping a little bit when the kid starts understanding more of what's going on. When they start seeing the lies or the cheating or the gaslighting or the manipulation, they start to realize like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. And then you see the narcissist do the same exact thing that they've done to you time and time again, devalue and discard. What you have to understand is that the narcissist one day will treat the kids the same exact way that they're treating you. You have to know that. You have to understand that because otherwise you'll think, hey, I want to keep them in the, in, in the narcissist's life. I want to keep them in my spouse's life. Like I think it'd be good. Like I don't want them to grow up in a single parent uh, household. What I need you to understand loud and clear is an absent parent is better than a toxic one because there's less input of that toxicity means that there's more chance of your kids not being screwed up by that toxic person. Is it fair? No. Is it nice? No. Is it easy? No. 
But we're not called to do stuff that's easy, that's nice. We're called to do stuff that's necessary for our kids, for our family, for ourselves, for growing, healing, and changing and developing on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes you have to make that choice and sometimes you have to come to that realization that the narcissist didn't love you and they didn't love the kids. How are you going to show up for yourself and for your kids today?